rally in October, he told me he would never run. Is there a scenario where you run for president in 2020 or beyond? No. 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 Unequivocally, you will never run for president. No punto. Uh, no period. So he's a liar. Well, so that's interesting. Uh, that's interesting that he that he said, no, no way I'm running. Um, and, and, I'm sorry, when was that interview? October. Now, so that was before, you know, the election when he was running against Ted Cruz. Oh, right. So maybe you had to say that. I don't know. Or yeah. did something change recently? Did somebody get out or is there some polling or something that made him change his mind? That's what I wonder. That's we, What are we talking about, you're wondering, just turned on your radio? That's Beto O'Rourke, who announced today he's running for president. The guy ran against Ted Cruz in uh, Texas. Who better to discuss Beto's path to the nomination with than Dana Milbank, op-ed columnist covering national politics for the Washington Post, who joins us now. Mr. Milbank, how are you, sir? I'm well. Good to be with you. Well, I saw in your uh, biography that you attended Yale. We could have been classmates if my parents loved me enough to fake up a tennis application. And I just, (laughs) I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to meet in that way. Uh, Yeah, well, fortunately, back in the old days when I went to college, you know, they were still wearing leather football helmets. It wasn't quite as competitive. Yeah, it is insane. We ought to talk about that someday, but uh, Beto was the man of the hour. Let's talk about him. So on Beto O'Rourke, I, I had become convinced that he wasn't running uh, for whatever reason, and, and he announced today he was. Do you think something changed with the landscape, and, and what is his path? Well, uh, you know, a few things. I uh, He was... Uh, I, I'm not sure I ever bought this whole notion that he was uh, doing this uh, exploration thing. Uh, well, he know, drove around the country uh, alone in the rural. Maybe he just wanted to get away from his wife and kids. I, <laughs> I'd go for a long drive in the country. I'd love it. Right. Although in the in the uh, in the documentary, it, it, you know, a lot of that was about how hard it was uh, on his family. So, no, I think he was just being sort of a little precious there and trying to generate, uh, you know, this demand, this draft that a movement that uh, he presumably saw the the Iowa polls showing that he was way behind. Uh, uh, Biden and Bernie, and said, "Okay, but enough of the precious routine. Let's uh, let's make this official," uh, which he did. Um, and I do think he's got a a, a possible chance there. Um, you know, look, if he had beaten Ted Cruz, he would have basically been the front runner, uh, the pro- prohibitive front runner for this nomination. Uh, he didn't win. He didn't come as close as as people thought. But he has proven uh, very good at fundraising. Uh, he's proven that he's able to sort of span the divide within the Democratic Party between the uh, centrists uh, and the progressives. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's got sort of that Kennedy kind of uh, uh, charisma. So he's got, you know, uh, if there's a if there's a there there, I think if there's some substance behind him, uh, he could uh, uh, be a very serious contender. Well, we've heard uh, various commentators say he, he really uh, could fit the center lane quite nicely, the centrist lane. But... The guy's in favor of, like, tearing down existing uh, barriers on the border, or so he said once. Um, But I guess he's an empty enough vessel at this point in his career that, you know, he'll assume the posture he needs to assume. I think so, yeah. He's sort of all over the lot. Uh, He doesn't fit very easily into one uh, category or other. You know, that's that's not a bad place to be uh, in a party that, you know, is sort of torn between, you know, the the primary voters of the progressive uh, instincts, but also wanting a candidate who won't frighten uh, the voters in the middle in the, in the general election. So, 
uh, you know, if he can uh, thread that needle. But, you know, you can't sort of get away with the ambiguity for that long. Uh, you know, he's going to have to, you know, flush things out, have some policies there, uh, you know, debates and, uh, and everything else. So, uh, you know, clearly if Trump uh, has showed us that, uh, you know, it's possible to defy your party's orthodoxy uh, and, and win, in fact, now Trump is the new orthodoxy of the uh, Republican Party. So, uh, you know, if his force of personality is, is strong enough, he can get it done. We're talking with Danny Mil- Dana Milbank of the uh, the Washington Post. Isn't it going to have to get nasty at some point? You got a lot of heavyweights, you know, and w- looking to get one job. Don't they have to turn on each other and start taking each other down at some point? Well, I hope so. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's what I'm hoping yeah, for exactly. What 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 what, what will the uh, journalists do for uh, a year and a half? If not, um, yeah, at some point. I don't think that point is now. Um, you know, they're sort of the uh, they're in sort of this silent primary now, where they see if they get uh, you know support uh, uh, from thought leadership within the party, uh, from certain activists uh, in the media. You know, the big test is fundraising right now, so really donors are are, are a big question. And Beto's you know, great at that. that. Uh, well, he was with the small dollar uh, donations to his campaign, but you know Bernie Sanders is also great at that. So I don't know, you know, uh, you know they may they may be uh, fighting for that same pool uh, of people. But so eventually, uh, presumably, you know, things do turn negative. But I, I suspect a lot of people will sort of be winnowed out of the uh, contest uh, by by lack of funds or just an inability to to get any attention. I was watching. Uh, we were watching Beto at the uh, coffee shop in Iowa this morning. Some people just they're so they're so good at that sort of thing. Him, Obama, W. I mean, just and the people that win tend to be just they're so natural. They don't seem like they're pretending the way uh, Hillary or Elizabeth Warren or Mitt Romney often came off. Yeah, no, that's true. And he definitely he definitely has that kind of uh, a gift. Uh, you know, people have compared him uh, to Obama, and I you know I think there's something to that. You know, a similar. Uh, you know, fairly thin uh, experience uh, uh, in in federal government uh, before running. Uh, you know, a whole lot of style. Clearly, he's very smart, um, but uh, you know, I don't think he has things flushed out. Now, what we saw with Obama was that did work very well uh, as a candidate. I think the you know the critics uh, of of Obama uh, on the left would say he he didn't necessarily stick with. Uh, uh, things very well when he was president, so his managerial style was a bit uh, uh, wishy-washy. So I, you know, I, I, I think some people will want to be careful not to get into that thing again uh, with uh, with Beto, and therefore maybe looking for somebody who is much more uh, clearly orthodox in, uh, in sort of the, the liberal positions. Hmm. I don't know whether you want to go with uh, horse racing metaphors or letter grades or what, but uh, how strong is this candidacy overall, as early as it is? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just way too early. Is he top to, tier? Uh, uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, they've got a dozen top tier candidates. I mean, you know, in, even the ones who you wouldn't really think of as uh, a top tier, or you know, in in any other year, you know, highly qualified uh, for this sort of thing. So I mean, it's really uh, uh, you know they're getting the, the the best and the brightest of the Democratic Party uh, out there. So um, uh, you know, it's really hard to you know it, it's it's hard to say whether uh, he takes off or not. I mean, there's a lot of really worthy candidates 
you know, sitting there at, you know, asterisk to uh, two points in the uh, in the Iowa poll. Well, and it was all about Jeb Bush and Scott Walker not too long and ago. Rudy and Rudy Giuliani years right, ago. Exactly. Um, uh, my President, final, President Giuliani. Yeah, exactly. My final question is, um, like, I, I think Biden would be a pretty tough candidate against Donald Trump, but I don't think he can get the nomination. Is the person that's going to get the nomination in the Democratic Party going to be the best person to run against Donald Trump or not? Well, that's the real question. Um, you know, do they go with somebody who just fires up uh, the progressive base or somebody who, you know, d- Democrats beyond any one policy want to win. They want to beat Donald Trump. That is the single unifying feature. So they are, in theory, open uh, to a candidate they see. Now, is there somebody, as I was saying earlier, who can screw the needle uh, and be uh, both a, uh, you know, somebody who's perceived as being able to beat Donald Trump uh, but who also has, uh, you know, strong progressive values, that would be the sweet spot. Uh, and, uh, you know, Beto has a shot at doing that. I don't I don't think Biden's out of the running uh, for that. Uh, you know, certainly if it becomes a, uh, you know, a Bernie versus uh, Biden uh, competition, Biden is not going to, uh, you know, uh, uh, compete with uh, Bernie socialism. So, uh, you know, ideally they'll find a way to uh, have somebody who appeals to what I'd say is both the head of the, Democratic Party in their hearts. Boy, uh, Bernie versus Biden would be an exciting race in 1978. <laughs> <laughs> they're both highly energetic. They I, are. You oh, know they what? Are. They're more energetic than me, Dana. And You're Trump. Absolutely right. And absolutely. Trump. There's a bunch of these 70-year-olds. I wish I got that kind of energy someday when I'm 70. I know. How do, they, how do they do that? I don't stuff? know. They've got, a gener- they've got a generation on me, and I, I, I look at them, and I want to take a nap. We do a business trip, and it's one day, and I need to take like a month off. And and, and, these, and this presidential race would kill you, and they're in their 70s. It's amazing. You have to want it so bad. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's uh, there's there's had there has to be some fire in the belly uh, that that does it. Uh, but I you know I I cure mine with uh, antacid and that's fine. Dana Milbank, op-ed columnist covering national politics for the Washington Post. We know you're a busy fellow. We really appreciate the time. Enjoyed it. Thanks. My pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. I don't know how you'd get that reality show together, but that'd be a good one. Can you keep up with a presidential candidate? And I'll bet most people could not. Because you got to get up at like five in the morning. You're going to go to bed at like one in the next morning. You're going to sleep a couple hours. You're going to wake up in a different town. You're going to give another speech. You're going to eat crap. Yeah, I guess maybe it's possible to get into some sort of groove. And you're going to do it for two years. No, I'm not. It's one of the reasons a lot of people get reelected is you have such an advantage when you're the president flying on Air Force One, getting all the traffic blocked for you, all the different stuff everywhere you go. Right. As opposed to schlubbing from hotel to hotel, sometimes coach on planes the way McCain was doing it before he had any money. Showing up to some coffee shop that you heard would be a hotbed of support, and there's two people there. Yeah. Oh my Please God. clap. Oh, my God. Top-tier candidate Jeb Bush there. <laughs> you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So what do you think of our talk with Dana Milburn? Well, well, I frequently hate what he writes 
Um, Dana Milbank of the Washington Post, we just talked about Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, I disagree violently with him a fair amount. Uh, but he's a super smart guy, obviously. And he's the perfect guy to ask about, you know, a, a progressive candidate and his chances. Um, so I enjoyed talking to him. I don't hate people I disagree with. Um, I thought it was really good. And he was, oh, yeah. uh, he was, he was not, you know, over the top praise by any means. Throughout some, uh, detracting points. Throughout some detracting points about Obama. So. Right, right. Well, you know, the thing about Dana Milbank is he's a, I hate to use the term cynical because I kind of have negative feelings about that word, but he's a pretty cynical guy, hmm. um, about the whole mess. How would you not be if you lived in Washington, D.C. and you covered it every day for right. decades? Right, right. And you got to know these people? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, you know, it's funny. When he, when he skewers my ox, I don't like it. Um, but, no, he's a smart guy. He's Leave my perfect. ox alone. It's a nice ox. It's a, oh, now you're scaring it. Now you're goring it. Thanks. Thanks a lot. No, so I thought it was good. I'd love to talk to him again about stuff he knows about. You know, I'm not running for president myself or the savior or anything else, but I'd rather, like, figure out what, what we do agree on or, or what his good qualities are and go from there. You know, I'm sure I'll hate his next column, but he's a smart guy. So Sean claims to have a... Uh, a fun fact. Positive, Sean. I'll be the judge of whether this fact is fun or not. <laughs> Hit me. The U.S. now has more millionaires than Sweden has people. <laughs> really? How, hmm. I don't know how many people Sweden has, so I don't know whether to be impressed. No, well, do you know how many millionaires America has? Well, obviously, no. no. Okay. <laughs> but that's a combination of uh, inflation and population, I think, is a lot of it. Inflation's a lot of it. If you have X amount of money, think about when you were a kid. I've got an inflation calculator on my phone, and I use it all the time. And it's it, a blast at parties, folks. And I, 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 it's fun. I find See, it you, That's why I was the judge of the fact, because you don't know what fun is. <laughs> okay, I'll go to my... I'll go by Here, my I, I got one open. Okay, so million dollars today. Yes. Tell me what a million dollars was in 1975. Damn. When, when, I was, when I was a kid, and, I and, and people threw around millionaire like it was, you know, rich... Or maybe it would be the other way around. Maybe you should do a million dollars in 1970. I don't know which would make more sense. Do you have any <laughs> both, idea? Actually, both you don't of them, even know what you want. Both of them would be interesting. If in 1975 I had a million dollars, in 2019 it would be worth $4.7 million. Okay, so almost so $5 So to be million. a millionaire, you really need $5 million. If, you know, if you're a, a child of the 70s. Or to reverse it, then I'm guessing it would be uh, so somebody had a million dollars now would be like having two hundred thousand dollars back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're a two hundred thousand heir. So did you think two hundred thousand heirs, you know, flew on private jets and drove Lamborghinis or whatever you think of millionaires now in no. 1975? No, I think no, they're reasonably did. financially secure. Yeah, exactly. So you know, yeah. you have to you have to. Change you would do to adjust your sales for these more things. than ten millions U.S. Ha- more than ten million U.S. households qualify, and uh, Sweden's chucking in at nine point nine million peeps. I I kind of sort of a little bit pride myself on knowing about the nations of the world. I, I might have been off by 300% in guessing Sweden's population. <laughs> I might have underguessed it by 80% or, or, or overguessed it by three. I don't, I just didn't know. Nine million ish. Uh, nine point nine, so just under ten. They're so like attractive the, people, the Swedes. So like the L.A. area is Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And yet, people talk about Sweden like it's something. Yeah, exactly. Please. Well, that's one of the biggest 
problems of comparing America to a lot of these other countries is just the even if they have policies that in theory work over there, there's no guarantee that it scales up to the oh, size sure, of, of America. Not. And especially with a with a much more diverse population than we have. Oh, that reminds me. Saw a PC the other day, he says in his sarcastic voice as he list, looks for <laughs> Bernie Sanders and uh, AOC. All the socialist systems they want, they they tout, are overwhelmingly white countries. Well, yeah, and yeah. all the socialist systems they ignore are brown countries. Oh, so they're racists. Yeah, they're always talking about your Denmark's. And you're, where's the list? If this website would work, that would really help me. Sweden, 82% white. Denmark, 86%. The UK, I didn't know this, is 87% white. Norway, 90%. The country of, the nation of Marshall's people, Finland, 99% white. Tell us about the grasshoppers again, Marshall. Also, a lot of your happiest countries (laughs) tend to be one race. That's not what we have in the United States. Um, let's come up your news, Marshall. Well, President Trump may have already come up with a nickname for Democratic challenger Beto O'Rourke. Uh-oh. The lawsuits around the complimentary. The lawsuits around the college admissions scandal are indeed a flying, and Johnson and Johnson loses another court battle over baby powder. Wow. Up. On the Armstrong and Getty Show. Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. So, I find willpower to be a fascinating topic. It's very little understood, by the way, as I've read more and more about it. That's my uh, pro wrestling name, by the way, but go on. But right now, for whatever reason, and it's part of the great mystery, I've got the willpower to not eat poorly. After several months of just eating any gross thing that was put in front of me. Wow. If there was a donut in front of me, I couldn't stop myself. Something happened. I don't know. The right person called me fat, or I hit the right number on the scale, or Finally. I saw, or I saw, <laughs> or I saw the right picture of myself, or whatever it was. I don't even know. But I got the willpower, and now it's a picture of you in front of the Grand Canyon. You couldn't see the canyon. Huh? <laughs> and and now it's like effortless to not eat a donut or crap when it's put in front of me. Really? Yeah. Huh? And it just feels like I could do this forever, but I know from past experience. Wow. That that is not the way it works. But but this is the way it works for me, and I don't think it works this way for everybody. For those of you who say, well, just, you know, have a bite of the donut or have a donut occasionally. I can't do that. Shut up would if, be my response. If you can, that's fantastic. <laughs> but if I can stay true, I can hold on to it for a very long time, I think. How long did I go not eating donuts? Years. There would be donuts here. I would walk up to the box. I would lean over. I would smell it. I would inhale the aroma of the donuts and say... Not eating that. Walk away. I was like Gandhi sleeping with young yeah. women to, to to try my vows. So Craig, the Obamacare lawyer, Craig, the healthcare guru, comes in the other day, brings in donuts. I thought, I'm hungry. I'm going to have a donut. I loved it more than I loved my children. <laughs> wow. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. 
Yeah, you got that donut into Harvard. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I would do anything it took to get that donut into Harvard. Oh, that was good. But if I, but if I, if I give it all, then it all yeah. goes away. That's been my experience in the past. And it might be six months. Who knows how long it is before I ever get the willpower again to just stop eating crap. Stay on top of that wave as long as you can. Yeah, so I'm just not going to. I'm not going to go with the trying to pretend, oh, I'll just have a little piece of birthday cake. I right, can't do it. Right. I just can't do it. I don't know how it works for other people. If it works that way for you, text 415-295-KFTC. I feel like I'm doing something weak and wrong by doing it that way, but it's the only thing that works. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, it's on. President Trump is now saying he wants to know if Beto O'Rourke is crazy. He was talking to reporters. <laughs> awesome. Oh, oh, here we go. Exactly. Talking to reporters at the White House today, Trump was asked about the Texas Democrat who just announced a 2020 presidential bid. Trump said, well, he watched O'Rourke speaking in Iowa and... Well, I think he's got a lot of hand movement. I've never seen so much hand movement. Yeah. I said, is he crazy or is that just the way he acts? That's pretty good. Trump is singling him out for handable? But is seriously, that, isn't that pretty good? I don't think it'll work on Beto. But, oh. it, but isn't it kind of like saying to your golfing buddy, you yeah. know, what do you think about during your backswing? I mean, oh. isn't it one of those? Yeah, yeah. Or how do you, uh, how do you keep your elbow tucked like that? That's amazing. You try to move it from unconscious to conscious. Because that messes with people's heads. Right. Next time we see Beto speak publicly, his arms are just going to be straight down at his sides. Have his hand behind his back. Uh, yeah, once again, President Trump's observation. Well, I think he's got a lot of hand movement. I've never seen so much hand movement. I said, is he crazy or is that just the way he acts? <laughs> and we're off. Full yes. gesture in Beto. That, that's where we are in politics instead of... Uh, we welcome everybody into the race. Uh, you know, a good, strong dialogue. I like my argument, and I look forward to making it against them. You know, we, we've moved past that. <laughs> and good. Well, I saw good. this That's morning. why he got elected. We've all lived through that over and over again. It gets us nowhere. It just gets us dopes. I saw him on TV this morning. He looks crazy. Is he crazy? <laughs> hey, if, if, if I'm Trump, if I'm Trump, I start calling him Drunk Beto Ooh. based on the DUI and Ooh. the clean scene thing. Just keep Ooh. shining a light on it. I'd hang on to that maybe till later if you need it. Yeah. <laughs> right around when he's in the top four. Or maybe you drop that in a debate. <laughs> yeah, that'd oh, be boy. vicious. A presidential observation. Well, I think he's got a lot of hand movement. I've never seen so much hand movement. I said, is he crazy or is that just the way he acts? <laughs> uh, uh, that's one of my favorite Trump things ever. Yeah, but Beto is the kind of guy who can fire back. Hillary just would have stammered and just said, misogyny? Uh, um, let me ask my posters how to reply to that. No, Beto will... He'll blast back. Yeah, of the of the candidates that have announced so far, I feel like Beto would be the absolute best on stage against Trump in a debate. Like just the the off the cuff, both guys comfortable in their own skin. I, I think he does better in That'd that be particular fun. arena than any yeah. of the other candidates. Kamala could bring it. Yes. Yeah. Students across the nation suing over the college cheating scandal. Stanford, USC, UCLA, UC San Diego, University of Texas at Austin, Wake Forest, Yale, and Georgetown all named in the lawsuit. Two of the students, Erica Olson and uh, Kayla Woods, filing the suit. 
arguing, among other things, that they were not given an equal admission opportunity and that their degrees are now less valuable because of the scandal orchestrated by William Rick Singer. You know, I don't think that the suit will go anywhere because the universities themselves, you know, they as soon as they found out, they fired the people involved. The rest I mean, of my life, if I meet a somebody, a crew coach, please. The rest of my life, if I meet somebody from those high-level schools, I think, are you one of those people that your parents bribed your way in? Yep. I'll think that the rest yep. of my life. So it has yep. devalued it in that sense. I, I would agree. A California ju- uh, jury is calling for Johnson and Johnson to pay twenty-nine million dollars to a woman who claimed asbestos in the company's baby powder caused her cancer. Jeez. The award by the jury in Oakland, California, is the latest court loss for the healthcare products giant that is facing more than 13,000 lawsuits over its talcum powder-based products. And it's it's asbestos in there? That's what they're claiming, traces of asbestos. Hey, by the way, we've been talking about this all morning long, throwing out names that were going to be the big deal when they announced to run for president and then just disappeared. Yep. And there have been lots of them. Yep. Alex Baldwin. Yeah, for instance. Rudy Giuliani, obviously, uh, and Jeb Bush, great examples. Chris Christie never really got anywhere when he jumped in. He never got out of low single digits. No. Um... And, and there have been numbers of them over the years. Rick Perry. I don't know how many times our two-term, two-time governor of Texas, wait till he gets in. It's nothing Flash really happened. Pan. Remember Fred Thompson? Of course. Everybody's right. talking about, oh, and Fred right. Thompson gets, oh, this might be the week that Fred Thompson announces. Is this the day Fred, Th- Fred Thompson has announced? <laughs> and he lasted like a month. That's a good one. With a floundering, just never went anywhere right. candidacy. First of all, could I have a round of applause? I don't think that's <laughs> Well, I'd forgotten he was another applause beggar like Jeb. By the way, today is officially, and the Washington Post has a tweet feed for this, 600... Twitter feed, but that was close. (laughs) Good try, Grandpa. (laughs) 600 days to go to the election. Keep that in mind. There you go. And uh, with 600 days to go... In 2008, Hillary was up by 12. She didn't get the nomination. Giuliani was up by 15. He didn't get the nomination. Um, Clinton led by 53 points in 2016. That's a good lead. And the presidential election did not get it. And Walker and Bush I think she did get the nomination. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Didn't win the president. Right. Um, And Walker and Bush were tied in 2016. I can't remember which one of them triumphed. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The conscience of the nation. That's a pretty th- good thing to remember. You're Fred Thompson's. I mean, there was there was as much enthusiasm in the Republican world about Fred Thompson as there is in the D world about Beto. Right. I mean, just, oh, wait, wait, he's the heavyweight. When he gets in, oh, forget it. It's a new game. Great name ID. He's got experience as a senator. He's known for his acting. Homespun. Comfortable in his and, own And in case skin. you don't know, he didn't just not get the nomination. <laughs> he didn't even really run. Right. Yeah. He didn't get enough traction to even run. And now he's dead. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you see what happens? See? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, I think he's got a lot of hand movement. I've never seen so much hand movement. I said, is he crazy or is that just the way he acts? So that's Trump watching Beto O'Rourke in Iowa this morning. Beto was in Iowa because he announced he's running for president. <clears throat> I didn't catch the hand crew movement. Next Twitter. I didn't catch the hand movement. We got this text. I watched the Beto O'Rourke speech in Iowa and couldn't figure out whether he was speaking or doing the orange justice dance. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. I didn't notice anything. I know when you Can were... you do the orange justice? It's kind of like this. <laughs> wow, stop it. When you were fast-forwarding and you were trying to... I really noticed it then. So oh. if you go back to Iowa and watch it and fast-forward, and he's, he's, all, he's like one of those flailing car dealership and balloon things. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Beautiful. And, and that's especially impressive because he had a cup of coffee in one hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, hey, listen, uh, mm, this is so good. I love a latte. Anyway, I'm running for president to save the union. I'm handsome. I'm young. I'm persuasive. Take another sip. Mm. Very casual. Very comfortable. So you remember when the owner of the New England Patriots, Robert Kraft, got busted for soliciting a hoe? I do. In that prostitution sting at that strip mall rub and tug. And I apologize for the use of that term, folks. It offends me as much as it does you. And we all wondered why do rich, why is a super rich guy he's doesn't have a wife. All kinds right, of companionship. He God rest her yeah, soul. But there's all kinds of companionship you could get if you wanted it as a super rich guy, I'm guessing, without going to a seedy strip mall pretend massage parlor. But then we found out a handful of famous and or wealthy people had gone there and 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 the the gal who owns the chain of them watched the Super Bowl with the president with Trump, yeah. They're okay, in Jupiter, odd. Florida. That's where she's from. Yeah, but what I wanted to talk about was at the time. Do you remember the narrative about sex trafficking? About how why this is so serious is that these women are virtual prisoners. Blah blah blah. Now everybody has walked that back, and there are no sex trafficking charges. Nobody's well. Nobody has been charged with sex trafficking, and sources familiar with the case tell uh, have told TMZ they've seen zero evidence of human trafficking. Okay, so then it's so just, just sex workers. So then it's just embarrassing some rich and important people over something that happens flipping everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's illegal. They broke the law, and sometimes it's embarrassing to be caught broke, breaking the law. But it happens everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and uh, listen, I you know everybody has their different beliefs. And Did somebody have it out for Kraft? I mean, was that it? They wanted to embarrass Gosh, him particularly. Right. The owner of the uh, Miami Dolphins, maybe, or I don't know, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, you know, obviously, street walking prostitutes and all. You don't want them in your neighborhood, and it's terrible. It's a bad look. But you know, if somebody's just going into an otherwise respectable looking business and. Has a little uh, whatever. I just I don't. And then jumps care. in his private jet to go to the AFC yeah. Championship game. <laughs> I don't. I just I don't. I don't care. I don't want the cops to spend any time on that. No, I don't either. No, but I want to spend time on it, making fun of those rich people. Oh, I I had fun yeah. with it and still will. <laughs> and I like the, the 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 sex trafficking thing going away makes me feel better about making jokes about it too. So sure. I'm happy about that. Good point. Everything's coming up, Sean. But you still, but she still got to get to the Why? What? Right. What's special about that place that the rich and famous go there? It doesn't. It's not a high end, you know, hot young college girl escort place. It's not that. Right. Some sort of casino where if you know the manager, they can arrange a room. You know, no, it's it's a freaking strip mall. Anyway, you totally different topic. 
I mentioned very early in the show that there's uh, an experiment going on where they're going to essentially make mosquitoes, which are the most dangerous animal in the world, not be able to have babies. They're going to mess with the uh, the guys, the guy mosquitoes, the mosquito fellas, uh, so that the, when they have hot, hot mosquito love with the uh, the females, the uh, they don't have live babies. Hmm. And uh, and and uh, you know, I like that idea because a lot of people die from mosquito-borne illness. But I was uh, reading this thing in in CBS News that points out that uh, mosquitoes are the food source for birds, fish, bats, and other animals. Some species are pollinators, and there is, quote, limited research on how reducing mosquitoes might affect the ecosystems. Ah, I read, read, believe it or not, quite a bit about this a while back in the New York Times. There are a lot of scientists who are really against this plan and say, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Mosquitoes are one of the the, most active beasts we've got on the planet. We don't even know all the things that they might contribute to or have right. a role in, and we're going to just start messing with that? I would say until you can completely explain the significance of the mosquito to Earth, you shouldn't be eradicating them. This of course, is, if I'm about to die of malaria, I'm thinking, listen to you, you whiner. This is using the uh, the CRISPR technology that we've talked about on the show in the past. This is a, a yet another application for it. Yeah, so... Uh, CRISPR the, technology, which keeps your vegetables fresh. Yeah, they've got the drawer. Yeah, yeah. Right. The critics of this say, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, what what is eliminating the mosquito going to do? We don't even know what they transfer from animals to humans and back and forth or different animals or whatever that's necessary. We don't even know that let alone the things we do know that we just mentioned. And if we do mosquitoes, then what's next? Or where, where are we going next with things that we think we can ants. manipulate? Ants, yeah. mice, whatever, that mm-hmm. we can manipulate and we think, oh, it won't hurt anything. And We don't know that. Right. You have no idea. Entire just classes of animals might die out. Well, it just, turns uh, out. What effect that would have? It could be a, a chain reaction, cataclysm. We end up with a planet of the apes or a land of the lost or, or, or something. An isle of the mosquitoes. <laughs> sure. Island of the damned. But it turns out we all need to get, you know, 500 mosquito bites before we're 10 years old to have enough of this spread around among human beings and animals wow. to survive. Ooh. We don't know that. Nobody wow. knows that. Wow. They've also tried introducing a bacteria onto the mosquitoes, which uh, keeps the eggs from hatching. Another thing was they gave diet drugs to female mosquitoes so they would feel full and not try to drink your blood. Body shaming the female mosquitoes. How about, exactly. How about vasectomies for the male mosquitoes? You just hold them down. That scalpel is tiny. It's very hard to hold. <laughs> That's kind of a Weezer sound there. The name of that band is Mosquito Testes. Here's your host, (laughs) Joe Getty. Thanks for that. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Hey, Marshall Phillips, what's your final thought? I have a full plate. I'm off to the Raven Social and Athletic Club for a long overdue meeting with my financial advisor. (laughs) I am looking at some sporting investments. Aren't you on a bit of a losing streak? Well, that's scratchers. This is something different. Completely different. Completely different. Positive, Sean, your final thought. Yeah, there's the new Avengers Endgame trailer came out. This is the first trailer post Captain Marvel. I will be doing another watch the review, watch the trailer with Positive Sean. Expect it up on the uh, website later today, maybe tomorrow. Cool. Michelangelo, do you have a final thought? Yeah, my parents once gave a school president $40 to enroll me in his barber college. <laughs> Too bad ha- haircuts later. 
I left and applied at the radio station, and here I am today. Yep. Wow. The rest is history. Happy, yep. and, happy uh, yeah, ending. Uh, Jack, do you have a final uh, thought for us? Got a bunch of texts from people who are like me. They can stay on the eating right train as long as they don't do anything bad at all. But you eat one donut, one piece of pie, one piece of birthday cake, and it's just over, and it might be months or years before you get it back. So I'm going to try to stay on track. Not going to try to go for that moderation thing. Can't do it. My final thought, a story told in this article about uh, uh, college consultants. This kid, his parents hired one, and the guy browbeat him into uh, various uh, extracurriculars he had no interest in, told him to drop out of things he really liked, constantly coached him for uh, college testing and that sort of thing, and finally he told his parents, I don't care how much money you've spent, I'm not doing this anymore. Why are you making your children miserable? For what? For your glory, I guess. So the neighbors will know. Their way will be paved. He goes to Yale. But that's just not very true. No. No. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people, thanks for a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All of our clicks are there. You can uh, download the podcast at iTunes or iHeartRadio app. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is... uh historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. We apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. I'm so f***ing proud of you guys. Armstrong and Getty.